Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today, we will unlock the book, How to Control Your Anxiety Before It Controls You. As stress became ubiquitous in modern society, anxiety has become more common than ever. We all have moments when we feel anxious, like when we don't get an expected promotion at work, being ghosted by a potential client, or being separated from a loved one. Under stress, we can easily submit to severe anxiety by just the slightest trigger of an unpleasant event. When dealing with anxiety, neither neglecting nor avoiding it helps in the long run. Quite the opposite, anxiety can take control of our lives when we are not vigilant. So, how do we get rid of anxiety? The book, How to Control Your Anxiety Before It Controls You provides us with a better understanding of anxiety and the steps we can take to control anxiety before it controls us. The author of this book, Albert Ellis, was a renowned psychologist who dedicated over six decades to clinical psychotherapy and helped more than 15,000 clients overcome anxiety disorder. Through self-help, Ellis managed to overcome the severe anxieties that afflicted him and he was young and created the acclaimed Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy, paving the way for the Cognitive Behavioral Therapy treatment that we know today. In this book, Ellis asserts that anxiety is not triggered by merely an event in and of itself, but rather by our interpretation of the event. To rid ourselves of anxiety, we need to first understand how anxiety takes shape find techniques to cope with the triggers and put them into practice. Only by doing that will we be able to control anxiety and minimize its effects on our lives. Without further ado, let us get into the content of the book in four parts. Part 1, Why Are We Controlled by Anxiety? Part 2, Controlling Anxiety with Cognitive Therapy. Part 3, Controlling Anxiety with Emotive Therapy. Part 4, Controlling Anxiety with Behavioral Therapy Part 1, Why Are We Controlled by Anxiety? We suffer from all sorts of anxieties in life either it be social anxiety, public speaking anxiety, relationship anxiety, or job-related anxieties, just to name a few. We are trained to believe that anxiety is inherently bad because it disturbs our minds, stimulates fears in us and sometimes even hampers our lives. However, not all anxieties are bad. Anxiety often stems from our intense longing or desire for something. When things don't turn out the way we want, anxiety appears and prompts us to act. Healthy anxiety encourages us to take initiative in the face of difficulty, and in extreme cases it can even improve our odds for survival. For example, a pedestrian would keep an eye on the traffic lights and vehicles on the road to make sure the street is safe to cross. Similarly, when writing a report, we scrutinize all the data and facts to ensure the quality of our work. These feelings of cautiousness, vigilance and watchfulness are healthy forms of anxiety. They provide a defense mechanism that helps us ward off danger and reach our goals. However, some anxieties are unhealthy and can be destructive to our lives. Consider the pedestrian in our previous example. If he was afflicted by severe anxiety, he might have an irrational fear that a car in the oncoming lane is going to jump the curb and hit him. His fear could intense enough to cause his heart to pound wildly and his body to quiver upon hearing the brakes. As a result, he either ran frantically across the street in fright or remained paralyzed in fear and refused to cross it at all.
Take a more common example. You perform well at work, you're favored by your boss and receive regular pay raises, but you live in a state of constant worry about getting fired should you ever be late to work. Consequently, you will have suffered from poor sleep and lack of energy, as you are forced out of bed early every morning. In both examples, the fears are irrational because both events proposed are highly unlikely. Being in a fearful state for a prolonged period can have devastating effects on one's emotional and physical well-being. This condition will make it difficult to concentrate during the day and make falling asleep at night a daily struggle. Unfortunately, it is often these unhealthy anxieties instead of healthy ones that take hold of our lives. Regardless, we can take solace in the understanding that most unhealthy anxieties are self-created and stem from our irrational beliefs. Although anxiety can be a catalyst for achieving our goals and desires, it can easily take control over us if we give credence to our latent irrational thoughts and beliefs. The three main characteristics of irrational beliefs are absolutistic demands, overgeneralization and awfulizing of events. If you harbor extreme demands, you will tend to be rigid about your goals and desires. For instance, you may believe that you are a loser unless you get everyone's approval or stand out among your peers. Overgeneralization, on the other hand, refers to judging yourself or others based on one single event or a few random incidents, like assuming yourself worthless after a failed job interview. Lastly, if you tend to awfulize events, you will immediately expect disastrous consequences whenever something unpleasant happens. For instance, a student who believes that she will not be accepted by any university and her future is doomed because she failed a single exam. These irrational beliefs can lead to anxiety, rage and intense frustration and one encounters setbacks in life. Ellis argued that it is not these unpleasant events that incite negative feelings and behaviors in us, but rather from how we mentally digest these incidents. To better explain how the mechanism of anxiety works, he proposed Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy, or REBT. At the core of the REBT treatment is the ABC theory, which stands for adversity, belief and consequence. Adversity refers to the inciting incident that causes a sense of unpleasantness, such as failing a task or a job interview, whereas consequence refers to our response to the incident, such as feeling anxious and frightened. It is tempting to think that it is the adversity, A, that leads to the consequence of anxiety, C, but in reality, we know that different people react differently to adversity. Why is that so? Ellis argued that there is another variable at play between A and C, namely individual beliefs, or B. B represents how we perceive specific incidents. It can be rational or irrational. If our beliefs are irrational, we would most likely interpret the adversity in an unfavorable light and respond negatively to it. In contrast, rational beliefs allow us to remain calm and take necessary actions towards an effective resolution of any issues at hand. Imagine you are taking on a challenging task. If at point B, you are thinking that, I really hope I do well and win everybody's approval, but failing won't be the worst thing in the world because I can learn from my mistake and try again, then you will likely be more optimistic and achieve productive results. This rational style of belief generates positive emotions that can propel you toward excelling in the task. However, if you are thinking with negative, irrational beliefs, like, I am definitely going to fail at my goal. I don't deserve success, and everybody is going to reject me, then you will likely feel more anxious and nervous. 
As you may have guessed, such negative emotions will likely hinder your progress. Therefore, changing our irrational beliefs is the key to controlling anxiety. So, what exactly should we do? According to the ABC theory of REBT, there are additionally D and E concepts. D stands for disputing. We must challenge, negate and convince our irrational beliefs before coming up with an E, your effective new philosophies and effective emotions and behaviors. Following this route, we can turn an irrational belief into a rational one. According to the REBT method, there are three techniques to dispute an irrational belief, namely realistic or empirical methods, logical methods and practical and pragmatic methods. When resorting to realistic or empirical methods of thinking, you repeatedly ask yourself whether your belief is backed up by reality or facts until you get a suitable answer. When using logic instead, you judge your belief using reason and determine whether it is logically sound. Lastly, when using practical and pragmatic methods, you transform your absolute musts and shoulds into reasonable expectations. Now, let us put these methods into practice by considering the following scenario. You are feeling anxious and troubled because you are in love with someone who doesn't reciprocate your feelings. Your anxiety stems from the irrational belief that he or she must feel the same love for you. Now, let's use the three methods to dispute it. Let us begin with realistic or empirical methods. Ask yourself, must my beloved absolutely love me? If so, where is the evidence that shows that my beloved love me back in the same way? By repeatedly questioning yourself, you would most likely come to understand that love is a product of free will, and your beloved is not obligated to reciprocate your love. Now, let us try the logical method instead. Ask yourself, is it reasonable to think that my beloved must return my love? Does my desire for their love mean that they are obliged to love me back? Must my beloved love me because it would make me happy if they do? Through this process of questioning, you would likely realize that longing for your beloved's love is nothing but intense desire. They have the free will to decide whether they love you or not, and there is no causal link between your desire and their feelings. You cannot possibly make something true with wishful thinking. Now, let's look at it from a practical and pragmatic perspective. Ask yourself, what would happen if I cling to the belief that my beloved absolutely must return my love? Would it feel unbearable? Does it make me happy or sad? It is not difficult to conclude that your misplaced insistence would lead to sadness and prolonged anxiety because the belief itself is irrational. We have just demonstrated D, which is the process of scrutinizing an irrational belief. By challenging your irrational belief, you will naturally come up with a new effective rational belief in E. Having realized that there are no absolutes like must or should, you will enter a new thought pattern where your cognition, emotion and behavior seek a more effective way to navigate adversity. When something unpleasant happens, your new effective belief will remind you that while it is normal and permissible to feel sad or disappointed, you should proactively find ways to improve the situation instead of wallowing in anxiety or blaming yourself or others. This brings us to the end of part 1. We discussed how anxiety stems from unfulfilled desires and why it is not always bad. Healthy anxieties keep us focused and proactive and dealing with situations, whereas unhealthy anxieties caused by irrational beliefs can hinder our lives. We also talked about the ABC theory of rational emotive behavior therapy. 
This theory argues that we should analyze our irrational beliefs through facts, logic and pragmatism. By substituting our irrational beliefs with effective rational ones, we will find ourselves more adept at controlling anxiety. In the following part, we will explore more methods that can help us get the upper hand in our battle with anxiety. Today, we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for Buki at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.